Hallelujah. Yeah. I got a word. I was I was uh, spending time with the Lord today, and I woke up with a dream. I wrote out the dream. I kind of got an interpretation for the dream, but I wasn't exactly sure. So I asked God. I said, "Give me a divine God interpretation word to go along with this dream." Sounds very Daniel of you. It was very Daniel of me. I feel like I should adjust my my tie or something like that. Even though you wouldn't want a tie. Nebuchadnezzar, I oh, somebody baby. interpret this stupid dream. I got this guy with the leg by the head or something. Got this. Yep. So I had this dream, which I'm not gonna tell you the dream. It was a personal dream. Um, but the interpretation. But the not 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 well not the interpretation. Even the interpretation was personal. But the word that flowed out of this dream that I had it was universal. I can't principle. even. Y'all aren't even ready for this. You're not ready for this. I told Leah when I, <laughs> I came down. I said I got something you for you. You should have titled it. You're not ready for this. You ain't this ready for this. You're gonna. This will blow your mind. Is what you should have titled it. Now, a lot of times I'll get a word from the Lord or something, or this happens in our family. It's not just me. It'll happen to Leah. It'll happen to Patrick Gallery, our mom, or whatever. We get a word, and you go and give it to the other person, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's good." But even Leah, when I was retelling her 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 this word, I was getting goosebumps all over my body. Well, it's very interesting because it God gave me the the other uh, side. Like if it's a coin, some you got decorations one side. to the icing on her cake. She had a cake that was iced, and then uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it goes it it let's just but, get, it busters your it what it's a busters it busters. Bolsters. Bolstered. We're going to buster. We're going to buster them up today. All right. Y'all ain't ready for this word. How can one person have left? We haven't given you the word yet. All right. Here's the deal, guys. Corey Gray gave me a prophetic word yesterday. And he said, Michelle, God spoke to me and said, you are called to write out God's legislation. Heaven's legislation. And I was like, heaven's legislation? And so I really, this morning, I was digging into that. Oh, my gosh. That's what you should title this. Heaven's legislation on marriage. Oh, uh, we can retitle it. Uh, whatever. We'll figure out that it's a working title. Okay. Whether you are married, have been married and are divorced or married to somebody else or whatever, that would mean that you're still married or called to be married. This is for everyone. Lift the, everyone listen. And let's, just, here's 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 how it, let's just go. Okay. Do you know anybody <laughs> who's married? First of all, are it, you a human? Exactly. Anyone that is called to be completely celibate this word and never get married this word doesn't apply to you but you still need to hear the word because you're called to the ministry and everyone needs this word so everybody needs to hear this word okay because like leah said y'all know somebody that's married or going through a divorce or getting married or whatever okay marriage is universal marriage is universal so anyway so corey gray says uh, and i'm from indiana yes matthew yellen you're so funny um Corey Gray says, Michelle, I feel like God spoke to me and said, you're called to write out heaven's legislation. And so I was like, legislation, that just means to make law. What are laws? So essentially, God downloaded in me heaven's, I believe that that word applies to being able to make legislation, but that's not what this is. I was this just is, writing out heaven's already legislation heaven's legislation on marriage. On marriage. It's going to blow your mind. Blow your mind. So when I was, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to Google heaven's legislation to see what comes up, see if anybody's ever said this before. And what came up? is a phrase that is going to be consistent throughout today, and that's divine law, okay? Our founding fathers understood law in three different quarters, or however you want to word that, as divine law, natural law, and man-made laws. 
and I've known that you guys have seen our series on, on, you know, Christian heritage. Like we get that the founding fathers see it that way. And then God said to me, he spoke to me. He's like, Michelle, let me tell you something. A marriage is law. So you have divine marriages, you have natural marriages and you have man made marriages. And as soon as I wrote that down, I was like, oh my goodness. I'm trying to figure out how to show you all that without showing you the rest of the dream. But there it is right there. I wrote that down. Three different types of laws, three different ways to be married. So I'm just going to read this to you the way that I wrote it. And then we're going to, and we, maybe we'll break it down in and out if we need to. What are you looking at? I'm just chicken? watching the little Westie out there. Okay. She's being nosy. All right. Man's marriage is very easy to get out of. So, so we're talking about three different marriages here. Divine marriage, natural marriage, and man's marriage. And we're going to explain to those from the bottom up. All right. So man's marriage is very easy to get out of. Man created it. Man annuls it. This is the loosest form of marriage made in the flesh. You keep going. It's so good. They can last for a lifetime or they can last for a couple of days. All, all non-Christian marriages start out this way. It's fleshly. However, this is really, really cool. Now we're going to get into natural marriage. Accordingly, according to the way of the earth, that's what, that's what a natural marriage is, right? The way that the earth is ordered, these marriages, they make sense. They happen naturally, kind of the way that animals breed and the trees grow. Um, and you know, you have children. God often blesses these marriages because they can, um, because they flow according to the way of creation, which is God's creation. People, you know, just in, in the natural course of life and ways people get married, natural marriage, boom. It's not, God can bless it. And here's the thing we're going to get into. I, I, I wrote down, I'm not saying that I said this, but literally these are the words that God gave me that all non-Christian marriages start out in the flesh, but they can turn into, into natural marriages. Okay. Divine marriage. These marriages are joined in the heavenly realm. And they cannot be annulled once you are married in the heavenly realm, the kingdom of God. You are always married. Even if you get a natural or even if you get like a man-made or fleshly divorce, you're still married. Okay. Um, this, in this realm, it makes you one in a sort of Trinitarian way. And now someone could say, Michelle, all marriages are supposed to be this way. Yes, all marriages are supposed to be this way, but not all marriages are this way. Okay, so the divine marriage has God at the top and the two people at the bottom, and it creates a bond that is so tied and so tight that it literally cannot be annulled. It literally could, it can't be annulled unless someone loses their salvation. That's how tight this is. All right, if you can get a, a man made divorce to a divine marriage, but it doesn't work because you're still married, according to God. You will never break this bond. It's the most powerful bond in the universe. And God said this to me, you get a double portion in these marriages, a double portion of power and anointing in a divine marriage. Natural marriage can become these, come this, it can become a divine marriage through a time of purification by refining fire. But some are entered straight into this through obedience. So there are marriages that start out, they can start out man-made, they can start out natural, 
and they can eventually lead to a divine marriage, okay? But here's how it happens. Through a refining of fire of purification of both people. God spoke to me. He said, you cannot enter into a divine marriage without both parties because both parties have to be equally looking to God. All right? This is about to blow your mind. I'm not even, we're barely into this, okay? Now, there are some that enter straight into a divine marriage through obedience. Both parties set out to say, God, I only want what you want. And I only am going to marry the person that you bring for me. Both God, it's a divine marriage from the day they get married. It's a divine marriage. Boom. There are some marriages that are like that. These marriages, um, all of these marriages, once you enter into the divine, these marriages exist. Get this, guys. God spoke to me. I'm telling you, this is straight from heaven. I would never have written any of this stuff. I have to tell you. These marriages exist outside of natural and man's laws. Natural and man's marriages. Divine marriages literally exist outside of man's laws and man's marriages. And they are entered into through a commitment to the call of God and a pure heart of only desiring his will. These marriages are, get this, are you ready? Arranged marriages by God. That is so powerful. Now that's going to blow your mind. Like Michelle, you said that a, a man-made marriage could become a natural marriage and that natural marriage could become a divine marriage. So how can that be an arranged marriage by God? Because A, God knew you were going to make these decisions and B, as soon as you make those decisions from a man-made marriage to a natural marriage, then God's like, I think we can take this to a divine marriage and I'm going to arrange it, right? All three of these types of marriages are seen by heaven, right? We've got the divine marriage, the natural marriage, the man, the man-made, man-law marriage. All, all of heaven sees all three of these marriages. But get this, are you ready? Only two are recognized by heaven. Boom. I got goosebumps when I repeat that back. Boom. Oh my gosh. So oh. when Miley Cyrus Can you see the you can't see the goes off and or Britney Spears goes off and gets married and then annuls it in three days. Was that no. a natural marriage? Heaven sees that marriage. Heaven does not recognize that, that wasn't marriage. A marriage. It's not a marriage. Yeah. Okay. Only two marriages are recognized by heaven. That's the divine and the natural. Unsaved people married under natural law. Get this are recognized as married in heaven. Whoa, that's huge. That is huge. Why did God make two one? So you have God be seed. Now, um, even animals themselves pair up. Yes. Animals reproduce. So, so God create. God knew yes. from the beginning of time that, that he was going to separate for 6,000, well, 4,000 years, give or take, yeah. however, whenever you think Genesis was written yeah. or began. God was going to set apart one people yes and give them his divine blessing his divine presence right. and his law yes and yet there is the law of nature which says people get married that's and nature's, nature's law. law yes so nature and nature's law is god's law which is universal which is which means god recognizes it so if you get married under natural law god still recognizes it Rob Allen in the chat saying, God does not recognize every marriage and he doesn't ordain every marriage. Boom. So here's what God spoke to me. He says, I recognize natural marriage. I recognize divine marriage. I do not recognize man's 
marriage, man's made marriage, like people that just get married out of the flesh, just boom. It is, it's fleshly. It's sinful. A lot of sinful, times. Sinful okay? Yeah. It's All like right. So heaven, fallen nature. heaven does not recognize that God does not ordain natural marriages. He ordains divine marriages. Okay. So you are married in under natural. God recognizes it. No, it's fine. It's fine. That was good. You used it properly, Rob, the way that God spoke it to me. There's the divine marriage that God is like, I have ordained these two. I have set these two apart. I have joined these two together. I have ordained or arranged this marriage. Okay. You can achieve that. If you, even if you start out in a fleshly marriage, if that fleshly marriage goes to a natural marriage and then the natural marriage, God's like, okay, we are going to ordain this. And that's what a lot of times, Leah, we've seen this. People will rededicate their marriage. We had friends that did this. I have goosebumps all over me. I don't oh, want to name we names. Had some friends who they ran off when one was 16 and one was 18. Very, very young. It was a man-made marriage. And the parents didn't know what they were doing. And they were just going to get married. And yeah. one set of parents said, no, I don't want you to do this. Yeah. And the other parent. And said, she was underage. She was underage. Yeah. And the other set of parents said, no, I don't want you to do this. Or I do want you to do this. Right. And that marriage suffered. Yes. For greatly. years. Greatly. Until they were like 20, older 20 than or, me. 20 or 30 years, something like that. Okay. And, and recently, within the past five, six one years. One of the spouses was praying. Yes. Prayed in the spirit over and over and over yeah. again. And God told this particular spouse, don't give up. Yeah. The rest of us were like, maybe you should give up. But she said, no, no, no. God gave her a word that he was going to take. And I, her fleshly marriage. I have goosebumps to all over. Y'all ain't even ready for this. Marriage. And so it went from fleshly to natural and from natural to divine and then they rededicated their marriage and now they have oh man i got goes all over my body a divine marriage and, and we it actually got to out, see it happen and it started out as a fleshly man-made marriage could have and he could have separated separated at any time. God, it would have been like god's like you did you weren't married under me right okay but i'm not even done giving my word y'all better not be leaving. i'm telling Stick you around. that the this prayers of the family this is not going to be for everybody. Yeah. You have to listen. God, are you going to turn this into? That's why she's, she's spirit filled and yeah. the power of God hit this family. And when the power of God hit this family, you get, she got to work. Yeah. She got a word from God and, and then you have to faith. Yes. And she had to get to faith and the get to faith said, no, I got a call on this guy's life. Yeah. And dude has a call. Dude has a call. I got confirmation from Rob Allen in the chat. He says, same, the fire of God is all over this word. So I'm going to keep going. All right. Y'all ain't even ready. All right, so all of these are seen by marriage. Only two are recognized, or excuse me, seen by heaven. Only two are recognized by heaven, divine and natural. Unsaved people are married under, under natural law. They are recognized as married in heaven. When your marriage is recognized by heaven and divorce happens, get the, oh, y'all ain't ready. I'm going to step on some toes, but I'm going to set some people free. And divorce happens. Heaven mourns. And when your marriage is only seen by heaven and divorce happens it's not excuse me let me reread this when your marriage is recognized by heaven and divorce happens heaven mourns when your marriage is only seen by heaven this is the man-made marriage it's just another life choice there is no sadness it's just another life choice now when you have a divine marriage and divorce happens reconciliation should be the goal is heaven's goal it's not even just should be the goal it's heaven it is heaven's goal and i wrote that in all caps always get this even if a man-made a man-made marriage happens in between 
all of heaven wills and tries for healing and reconciliation because the body, the body of Christ, is trying to heal itself and part of it, you and your spouse, is broken. So, when you have reached a divine marriage and divorce happens, the whole kingdom of God, the whole body of Christ wills and is is going toward healing that because we feel broken because something inside of us which is our you are now part of our body this is the most divine thing this is the strongest thing that can happen on earth is a divine marriage one and they broke and so all of heaven tries to heal that so even if you marry out of a fleshly marriage in between healing and reconciliation to the original marriage it's not you stick with that so one last it's always year at old school smart boot camp there was this couple and they were madly in love mm-hmm. and they were at they were learning they wanted to they'd already started some homesteading mm-hmm. and they wanted to learn more skills and we ran into them on like the last day out of the bath in the bath out of coming out of the bathroom and they started to tell us their story and it didn't make sense right like they were newlyweds I'm like, how are your newlyweds? But you have this history, and then they were like, and we have and our kids. kids, and, and they like, said their kids were adults, their kids were in their 20s, and, and I'm like, so they have different parents. They're like, no, they're our kids, and we're like, but you just got married, so they were explaining to us how they had been married, they got divorced, they married other people, both of them married other people, but their kids kept praying for reconciliation, and what happened is both of their hearts softened, particularly the husband's heart softened and he admits to repenting yeah and he's like i'm working on it and we're working on this dream and we're working on setting setting and we want to get pigs and chickens yeah it was awesome and it was like you just saw like i could see angels all around like rejoicing every single time and i could be wrong but all the times that i have seen marriages marriages reconciled back to each other they were divorced and then they get remarried their love for one another is so strong So we have friends and they tell this testimony, June and uh, Ernie Sickler, um, they are patriarchs in our church Yeah. and we grew up with their kids and then we found out they got a divorce. Yeah. Like a literal divorce. Right. And it was like, not June and Ernie, like for real, but she had had, and she talks about this, uh, trauma as a child and she had had like, um, like PTSD Yeah. and nobody could see that what was happening. I'm still not done giving the words, don't go anywhere. And when we met them again they had reconciled and yeah. married again yeah and their their family with five kids four kids four yeah. kids and like a million grandkids are reconciled in all of heaven rejoices. it's it's a beautiful thing this is what god desires and, and we I, I don't know if theirs was a natural marriage turned divine because i think they were both christian so it might have been divine and, and then it just gets reconciled because the body heals itself that's what it does i literally wrote down it is natural to see the body healed and right? it's because we were sad when we heard that they divorced right. because, because all of heaven mourns they were part of our body yes all of heaven mourns when he, when a divine marriage is broken okay divine marriage and this is again from god god guys i did not write this i would not write this this was would never have entered into my mind i would never have even thought this divine marriage is similar to celibacy in this its goal is 100% Christ-centered and the advancement of the gospel. Oh my gosh. When you have a divine marriage, it is as holy as someone who dedicates their life singularly for God. 
So I'll read that for you guys. What does that even mean? Um, you guys want to know what Paul has to say about marriage and divorce. You read uh, the, the one chapter uh, is 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, and he says uh, in verse 8, But to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them to remain even as I. Um, but if they do not have self-control, let them marry. Um, but to the married, I give instructions, not I, but to the Lord, that the wife should not leave her husband. And if she does leave, she must remain unmarried. Those are divine marriages, right? Or else be reconciled to her husband and that the husband should not divorce his wife. But the rest, I say, not the rest, I say, not the Lord that and this is very interesting. This is not, this is Paul like giving a good example. He this says, him this giving is, I'm telling you from wisdom. He's like, the Lord's not saying this. I'm just saying this. That if you have a, a brother and ha has a wife who is an unbeliever and she says she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. Don't just go divorcing uh, people because you're a Christian, they're non Christian. And a woman who is an unbelieving husband and he consents to live with her, he must not send her away. You know, it's very interesting is that women couldn't divorce, right? It was only men. Um, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified through the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, the children would be unclean. Yeah. But they're now holy. And I have a word about the children. But if the yeah. unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. Yes. So if you're in a marriage that doesn't have peace and it, with an unbeliever, and we're going to get to marriages with believers in a moment. Okay. We're going to get to tyrannic tyranny in a second. Um, uh, but I wanted to say, I think there was the, where it says, where was the one on, you can, where you can serve now concerning uh, people who have not married, I don't have a command, but I'm going to give you an opinion. I think in a, in a good present distress, it's good for you to remain as I am. It's unmarried. Remember present distress. We're talking about the, uh, right before 70 AD when the Christians were being hauled off, persecuted, hiding in catacombs like crazy present distress paul's giving this word from his wisdom yeah so he says because i want you to be free from concern for the one who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the lord how they may he may please the lord but the one who is married is concerned about the things of the world how he may please his wife and his interests are divided but the woman who is unmarried is concerned with about the things of the lord that she may be both holy in body and spirit but the one who is married is, con think, is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And so um, the word that I was getting is that normal, under natural marriage, natural that's marriage. the case. Natural You're marriage. concerned about the things of your husband. But under a divine marriage, you have an Aquila and Priscilla calling where both people right. are set towards what Leah just read, mm -hmm. concerned about the things of the Lord. Right. Okay. That is absolutely huge. Now, Rob says, wait, it says women can't divorce. I never saw that. No, what Leah was saying is back then under Jewish culture, women couldn't seek a divorce. Only men could, which is under why. Roman law. Under Roman law. Uh, no yeah. woman over under, it was unheard of. A woman couldn't really seek divorce. Only it wouldn't even be entered into. That's why idea. they talk. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let me continue with this word and then Leah's going to give you hers. This is just, it's still just getting good. Um, all right. So divine marriage is, is similar to celibacy in that its goal is hundred percent Christ centered, the advancement of the gospel. Um, even if, but here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the, this is a caveat. You can have a divine marriage and not be walking in what I just read. 
that celibacy type holiness. Not that you need to be celibate. No, a holy marriage should not be celibate. Celibate. I'm talking about the purity of a person that is unmarried divine and their nature. life is when devoted. When you're entering into the divine nature and you as a couple, like a, a Priscilla and Quilla, yes. uh, travel with Paul. Yes. Every single thought was for the church, for the advancement of the Christian faith, for the dance of the kingdom of God. Exactly. Yeah. So what God said to me was, even if a couple isn't currently walking in it, the purpose of their divine marriage is that, and they need to get in alignment with that. They are, they have a divine marriage. They have been ordained by God to be together, but they may not be walking in it. Many people have a divine marriage where only one is walking in the divine calling. Exactly. It's a well, divine marriage, but one, oh, but they only one is walking in the divine part of the yeah, calling. Right. Yes. I would agree with that. And the other person is doing what Paul's talking about here, just concerned with the things of the world and things right. like that. So get this divine marriages. I, I want to reword this so that you can understand it because Leah was like, let's word it this way. It's, it's saying the same thing, but you'll get it. Divine marriages that end in divorce, when they do end in divorce, it's when they are not operating in their purpose of this holy calling. Okay? So you can have a divine marriage that ends in a divorce and you're like, what happened? Because you if guys we had a divine marriage, divine I know this was a divine marriage. What happened? You weren't walking in that divine calling that God just spoke to me that is similar to celibacy in the sense that it is so Christ-devoted and Christ-centered and advancing the kingdom of God. So, divine marriages are a new life. They are birthed like being born again. It's not the same thing as being born again, but just imagine what it means to become something new. A divine marriage is a, a birthing. It's a new creation. A new creation is formed. This is why the woman gets a new name. This is Eve. Are y'all ready for this? You're not ready. This, a divine marriage, is Eve being reconciled back to Adam, where she came from his rib. And that you're one. And you are one again. Get this. Ready, 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 ready. Prior to the fall of man. You can walk in a divine calling with your spouse that is renewed back to the garden when Eve came from Adam and create cre God created woman to be his helpmeet and he said whoa man that like now you have given me something when you get married and it is a divine marriage it is a reconciliation back to the garden back to Adam and Eve Eve is reconciled back to Adam before sin this is what I wrote this is what God had me write down this is a kingdom marriage. Divine marriages prior to Christ did exist. They were rare like prophets. Prophets existed prior to Christ's coming in and dying on the cross. They existed, but they were rare. Joseph and Mary's divine marriage ordained by God, very clearly, birthed the divine marriage of Jesus and his marriage to us so that we can all have this divine marriage, but few enter in. More will as the kingdom advances, birthing new divine marriages. Okay? So there's some scriptures on the back of there that I'll read in a minute. Why is this important, Michelle? What the heck are you talking about? Because in the kingdom message that we have been giving to you guys with the Revelation red pill that we need to be walking in. If you are married to your spouse and you want to stay married to your spouse, you need to be, how do I pray for my husband? 
How do I pray for my wife? God, bring us into a divine marriage. Bring us into a divine marriage. Bring my spouse into a divine communion with you so that we can have that Trinitarian style divine marriage where it's God and me and my spouse and we are one the way that the Father is one with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay? It is a, so we need marriages. We need more divine marriages to advance the kingdom. That is why this is important. And some of y'all are married under a man-made marriage. And I'm just going to say it. You shouldn't be married to that person. You never should have married to that person. Never should have married that person. However, if that person wants to be, wants to level up and says, I love God. We should not have gotten married. We were married in our flesh, but we want God to make this like it should be. We enter into that natural marriage where heaven recognizes our marriage. And then you ask God to arrange that marriage, right. to ordain that marriage, to sanctify it, to make it a unit that goes and advances the kingdom of God. Right. Okay. Rob says, amen, the will of the Father is our portion in our marriage. So the word helpmate, we were talking to our um, Native American friends, Chief Riverwind and Lorelai. And Lorelai. Lorelin. And Lorelin. And we were talking about the word helpmate. And they were like, the word helpmate is actually Ezer Kinego. 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 And when men understand that their wife is an Ezer Kinegdu, it changes the entire world. What yeah. is an Ezer Kinegdu, Leah? So Ezer, which means to rescue or save, to be strong. Now, if you look up the way other people describe it, it means to suffer. To you know, suffer. You know, it, it's like the old like King James Version. To suffer, to help. But no, it actually, it's um, so found, rescue, strength. It's found only 21 times throughout scripture. And each time it's used is significant. Ezra is used twice when referring to even Genesis and three times when referring to nations on whom Israel calls for help. Oh, come on. No, you just didn't. So Ezra is when a nation needs another military to come and fight with them. And so the word help me. Is come, fight come fight with me. Yeah. Come fight with me. So Psalm 121 says, I will look to my hills from where does my help come from? Is that the Ezra word? Yes. That's Ezra. Awesome. It is, in fact, 16 times throughout the Old Testament, mostly in the Psalms, we read that God is our Ezra. Yeah. So if God is our Ezra, then Eve's pretty, it's pretty she's a deal. rescuer. She's a rescuer. Eve came to rescue. Come on and rescue me. Come on. So, sorry, I can help it. Other people see help me as a place of subjection. No, it's a rescue. A rescue. Here I come to come and fight with you, so that you don't yes. have to. You don't have to do this all alone. Um, he um, remember that if God came to Earth and made Himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. All right. Maybe they can hear you. Make sure you're talking into all right. the, the mic. I didn't have my mics died, so we were having to do it straight up old-fashioned way to yeah. the cell phone. So, the second part of the term Ezer Kenegdu is just as important as the first. Ezra describes who we are. The word kinegdu describes to what extent. It means corresponding or opposite to him. To further clarify, the word corresponding means identical in all essentials or respects. No, you to didn't. To sum it up, kinegdu could be translated as identical in all essentials opposite to man. The English word meat 
simply does not capture the significance of this Hebrew word. All right. So what that means is that this, this Ezra Kenegdu is that I am going to rule and reign with you. I'm going to fight with you on the same level right with you. Right opposite, life. which is the same uh, thing that we did last night, right? Right. Turn around yeah. for the for the visual there, yeah. right? Same yeah. and opposite, but still fighting. Learning to recognize your spouse or recognize yourself as an Ezer Kenegdu. I'm here to fight with my husband. I'm going to fight with him in life. I'm going to fight against the enemy. Equal but opposite. Equal but opposite. We got to, we, we're, I'm right here, like you said, equal but on the other side of, okay? Female, male, equal but fighting fighters together literally going to battle together that. and rescuing her so i wanted to put that out there that's awesome do you want to do your word now or later yeah so this is just a little bit of this and i will be uh going on this uh, with the with the government aspect of it uh and i'll probably do another video on this at some point for our um christian christian heritage series, heritage series. but i was reading in my um founder's bible today and all of you can get one of these um, if you use promo code chicks, resistance, chicks. Res resistance, chicks, promo code resistance chicks at the founders, bible.com and get 20% off. We don't really get any kickback too much from that. Um, no, it's just the best deal anywhere. It's literally the best deal everywhere, uh, anywhere on the internet. So I was reading about the tenets of American exceptionalism, which was like, okay, whatever. But then I was like, Michelle, wait a minute. I had just given Leah my word. She had just read this. So you're just applying natural law to marriage government. Think of a marriage as a government, as a little tiny government body. I was like, whoa, 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 hold up, shut the front door. Because I've never heard anybody apply natural law to marriage before. God did. And you know what we had never heard God, uh, God used natural law on government before? Right. Up until Christians started to get the Bible in their own language. And they started, the Holy Spirit started to reveal to them how to use the scripture and their New Testament abilities to create good government. They recognized from a revelation of the Holy Spirit and through reading the Bible that if they had a tyrannical government, then that was not a God-ordained government. Boom! Okay. Y'all seeing this? Ready? So I want you to go somewhere with me that I have never gone before. But if one applies to one, then one applies to the other. We either could and should have thrown off England. Tyranny. Tyranny. Or, or we, we shouldn't. shouldn't have. So I want to discuss divorce. It's a big deal. There are a lot of people in quote-unquote Christian marriages and they feel stuck or they feel guilty because they are being abused because the bible says god hates divorce and we just stop there and they read uh paul that if you are married to a believer you can't get divorced and you can't get remarried except for fornication or adultery i should say well first of all jesus said because of the hardness of your heart i've given you divorce but jesus was speaking to Jewish people who were married under Jewish law and Moses put down a law are we under the law of Moses no now Paul also says things like slaves you should obey your master Paul also says things like submit to every ordinance of man 
and government. So where in the world did the founding fathers get the idea that they that could, we could throw off a tyrannical government? The laws of nature, nature's God. And not obey England. It's called common sense. Mm. So when a Christian man beats his wife, some Christians will say, well, it's in the Bible. You've got to stay or there. Or verbally beats his wife. Or verbally. You have to stay there. Well, you should not throw off a marriage for light offenses. Just like you should not throw off a government, as our founding father said, for, for light, light and offenses. transient. I think that was the word that they used or something. However, men like John Locke and Algernon Sidney and many other Christians were under... How many of you know that the known world was under a Christian government since 300 AD? Constantine. So, if your government says that you must submit to the laws of the Pope, and they go against your law of your conscience, or we're going to burn you at the stake, do you listen to the Pope? Or do you listen to... And is you know, that a law that you should submit to? You know what I go back to, Leah? Favorite. Like, one of my favorite things in the whole Bible, almost one of my favorites in the New Testament is Peter. He's talking to the Sanhedrin. He's talking to the Pharisees and scribes. And he says, listen, I'm going to ask you all what you think. Is it better for me to obey man's law or God's law? That's what he asked them. Straight so up. the pilgrims were actually dissenting because under a Christian government in England, they could not go or they couldn't meet together and talk about Jesus in groups of two. Right. Or more. Right. So they were arrested and put in jail. Who else was put arrested and put in jail? Uh, William Penn. So there were a lot of Christians who were breaking what Paul said about submitting to the government. Man's law. So they began to formulate, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the idea of nature nature's law. So in nature, there's God's moral law, and then there's natural law. So under in nature, creatures do not abort life in the womb never happens well it's nature not nature. in the womb not in the womb not in the womb it's a it's like the law of nature right we talked about homosexuality even nature tells you that there is a uh, romans one says there is a natural use for a man and a woman that's why god put man and woman together so there are six principles given to us in the declaration of independence that i believe can shall and should be applied in marriage and it will set you free. Number one, all men are equally created equal and they are endowed by their creator. Number one, there is a creator. If you are in a marriage and one of the people in your marriage does not believe that there is even a creator who created the universe, you are not in a marriage that constrains you to stay there. Walk away. You can okay. walk away. You can walk away. Because if you don't have a creator, you don't really have a foundation. Okay? By this admission, government acknowledges that it, there is a higher power than itself to which even it must be subject. This is the first factor in establishing a limited government. George Washington said, and I am going to put in this for marriage. It is the duty of wait, 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 wait. Let me rephrase that because it sounded like you said George Washington said, I'm going to put this in for marriage. No, I'm George Washington said, Leah is taking it and applying it to marriage. So he says it is the duty of all nations. So I'm going to say it is the duty of all marriages to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God 
to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his divine protection and favor. John Adams said, the safety and prosperity of nations. So I'm going to say the safety and prosperity of marriages, ultimately, the safety and prosperity, ultimately, of your marriage, essentially depends on the protection and the blessing of Almighty God. And the national, and the both of you acknowledging this truth is an indispensable duty which a husband and a wife owe to God. Thomas Jefferson similarly reminded citizens, and I'm going to say people and married people, that being a happy and prosperous, I'm going to say marriage, must begin with acknowledging and adoring and Come overruling on. providence. Whoa. An element he listed as the first component of good marriage, and I'm going to say good, or good government, and I'm going to say good marriage. Amen. Number two, inalienable rights. You see, in Iran, <laughs> there's a lot of natural marriages around the world. God ordained marriage because he knows that, why did God make two one? So they can have a godly seed. Let's, let me, God ordained the institution of marriage. He did not ordain every marriage. <coughs> so there's people, whether it's Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, India, and God ordains marriage. And you can give the scripture there if you want about Abraham and the king. Well, I didn't actually write the scripture down. I just wrote it down. Okay, let's tell the story. Okay, so y'all know what Abraham did. He went into this city and he was like, listen, this is my sister. She technically was related to him. It was kind of a cousin, word sisters, interchangeable there. And a king goes to take Sarah to wife. That's what it says in the she Bible. She was very beautiful. She was beautiful. She was he was worried. And then the, the whole city is being cursed. The king finds out that it's being cursed because Abraham's, this Sarah is actually Abraham's wife. And the king is like, what have you done? Done. So how did this king, who was not, um, there was no a nation of Israel then, right? How did this this pagan king know understand that marriage, that marriage is a big deal? It's a big deal between one man and one woman. You can't go take another man's wife because it's just in nature. The laws of na nature is one man, one woman. So we, when we say nature, we're talking about John Locke, who codified the phrase "nature and nature's God." That's these plants grow because Jesus spoke. And they just do. That's nature. The animals, the the hawks get together and they have a little, you know, nest of birdies. Why? Because of nature. So marriage is a very it's nature nature's law. Is is the first institution of God. And it is universal. Yes. Okay. Um and so a, a marriage in Iran though might be a natural marriage or a, a man made marriage, but it's not gonna be a divine marriage because if they don't know Jesus. And you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna insert this. And again, I hate saying personal stuff, but sometimes I think it's helpful. Leah and I are not married right now because we already set our lives apart to God to have divine marriages. So we, we could go and have a natural marriage. Everybody thinks I'm just trying to marry. No, I'm not. I'm trying not trying to. Be to I could go off and have a natural marriage. But here's the kicker for me, for myself. I literally can't have a natural marriage because I've already dedicated my life to God and he says, no, you're going to have a divine marriage. So no, I can't just go out and pick somebody because I've already dedicated my life to do that. But it's easy for anybody to just have a natural marriage and you can, and it's fine. It's fine. Do you want more? I want more. I already set my life apart 20 years ago and told God, I want your best. Give it to me. I'm already dedicated to that. Yeah, exactly. So in Iran, uh, women are not allowed to travel without a, another man. Right. So any woman in Iran is under a tyrannical marriage if that husband 
has decided to enforce that law right in her life uh and so that is that is a man-made marriage right and so a woman in iran has a right to leave a husband who is denying her her inalienable rights sometimes to not even breathe you have a, you have you have and we learned this through COVID. You have the right a, to air right to air yeah and so if somebody is telling you that um if you stay in this house and you stay in this marriage so you can go get married to somebody else right rob says it's not fine for those who are completely sold out to christ exactly rob but everybody else in natural but you should want god's best you should and everybody should strive for that and i tell that to my friends they get frustrated with me when i when we when talk when we're talking about them getting married and finding a spouse and they're dating and i'm just standing here going no you want god's best you can't just do it naturally but i get that i am at a level that, that maybe they're not at well, the, if but they should be. If you want to be part of advancing the kingdom and changing other people's lives, then you need to wait for divine marriage. Hundred percent. If you don't care about advancing the kingdom, yeah, and you just if you care more about being married and having kids and you do advance in the kingdom, then you're at the level of natural marriage, and I look down on you. I think is this Robin here says that I am getting drunk in the Holy Ghost so much in this season, I'm feeling fleshly impaired. That's awesome. I'm just kidding about looking down on you. I just I don't see you as a. There, there are diff there's different orders in the body of Christ, and um, if you are in a natural marriage, I see you as a different level. But I see you as capable of elevating that marriage through to, prayer to a divine marriage. To, you know, you've seen that movie, The War Room, where you pray for that spouse and you bring them up to a so divine marriage. So why don't you marriage? just get a natural marriage and then do a divine? Yeah, because there's a lot of pain involved with that. There. A lot of pain and heartache. Yeah, that there. would keep me. Do you know what? Why I don't do it that? It would distract you. It would distract me from doing God's will right now. Exactly, because it take a lot of work. Because it would, yeah. All right. Uh, and John says, well, there's no it. guarantee. There's, there's no, no guarantee that the natural marriage is going to turn into a divine marriage. Exactly, because I know a lot of Christians right. that are married to unbelievers. Right. And a lot of people who are in a divine, awesome calling, and they're married to unbelievers. Because they got married in the natural. There's no guarantee that right. that person's going to go into the divine. You can't, you can't make somebody get saved, and you certainly can't make somebody walk in the power of God. So it's best to just start out setting your sights high. Yeah, because it's a gamble. Right. But it can't work. You I keep don't wanna, praying. I don't, don't, don't give up praying. If you're married and they're natural marriage and you could say that. You and Paul praying. says that. And stay peace. there. If yeah. there and then, because you don't know. Here's the deal. Here's how we know it's a gamble. Yeah. Because Paul literally says, you don't know. You don't know. If your prayers may bring the spouse <laughs> to God or not. Stay with them. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's no guarantee <laughs> that you can pray somebody into that. Um, so that's why he says. But there's a good chance. To peace. We're going to say there's a good but, chance. But if you are in a marriage like the founding fathers were under a tyrannical government come this on this word is for you and if you divorce somebody who became like the king of england tyrannical okay so number two inalienable rights come from god so the declaration of independence this we are applying the declaration of independence to marriages i love it they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights now wait 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 i thought that enrollments were supposed to submit to all forms of government even if they're not christian blah 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 well, that's not what our founding fathers believed because they got a revelation from God. Yep. And they saw that governments are set up to protect our God-given rights. So I would say this. Having a knowledge that there is a creator, government, or marriage must then recognize that certain rights and abilities, and I would say anything in nature comes only from God. Okay? government or i would say marriage thus acknowledges that it is not the source of all things necessary okay a man can't say i'm all you got baby and this is all we need and a woman can, can't say i'm all you got and this is all we need no you need god so an inalienable right is one that god himself bestowed on every individual long before there was any civil government 
long before people were, you know, long before the law and Moses and everything like that, God instituted a natural flow in marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there are certain rights that everybody has, and you do not give up your inalienable rights in a marriage. Why in the world would you give up inalienable rights for in it? And you're not supposed to give up your inalienable rights in, for government, but you're supposed to give up inalienable rights in a marriage. Like, you have a right to free speech. You have a right to assembly. You have a right to go where you need to go and come back. You have right and liberty to, um, and freedom of movement. Freedom to write what you want to write. Freedom of press. Okay, you have these rights. So Alexander Alexanderton Hamilton said, inalienable rights are not to be rummaged for among old parchments or musty records. They are written as with a sunbeam in the whole volume of human nature by the aid of divinity itself and can never be erased or obscured by mortal power. Natural law or natural rights would say, I have a right not to be hit or beaten or said abusive words to because I serve a loving and kind God and so if my government is abusing me I have a right to throw off that government if my spouse is abusing me then there this is not a divine marriage it's not even a natural law marriage anymore all right going on so the right to life, liberty, property, self-defense, self-defense, you have a right to self-defense. You have a right to self-defense. Freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Rights either come from God or from man. If they come from God, they must be re required to recognize and protect them. But if they come from man, man has the power to regulate, alter, or abolish them. Our framers understood that irrecoverable limitations can be placed on government only when God is recognized as the source of our rights. So when your spouse has to recognize that God is the source of all things for both of you, okay? And in Exodus 18.21, civil leaders must be um, um, uh, men who fear God, rulers who recognize a divine creator, and he gives certain rights to mankind. There is a whole movement that says women are subservient or submissive to men and must obey in all things. Um, let me read this comment before we finish that sentence. Linda says, um, I think it was Linda, one of these two. Do you want my phone? Probably. Not my phone. Says a woman has a right to protect herself. Absolutely. There are God-given rights and you do not put those away when you get married. That's There's right. a whole group of men who are, who are saying women should be silent and shouldn't speak. Well, they're just not, they're just being a government that is silencing your freedom of speech right. if you silence somebody else's speech then you have no right to to say the government can't silence your speech right rob says anybody telling you to stay in an abusive marriage without at least separating until that man or woman gets help is listening to demonic religious coverings mm. boom tracy wants to know does a marriage require a legal wedding and wedding certificate that's actually what i'm talking about here today guys um i'm going to say 100 percent no because we've got divine marriages and they are not they are outside of even natural marriages and man-made marriages okay so you've got your man-made marriage that gives you that legal certificate okay i operate i'm one of those people that questions very highly that if slash when i ever get married i'll even have a 
a world's wedding certificate. Probably do our own kind of thing. Not something recognized by the world because then you've entered into um, a corporation kind of thing that they've, they've twisted a lot of things. So no, it's not about a certificate. Marriages must be recognized as a divine covenant by two or three witnesses. And, the, and I would say, and then the body of Christ. And then by the body of Christ. Yeah. yeah. I lost that other comment, but sorry. Number three, government is to protect and enable rights. And I thought this was really cool when I thought this. Your marriage is to protect you. A marriage is designed by God to protect people and to protect their children. Yeah. Marriage is an institution of protection. It creates a way for um, children to be raised in a way that uh, provides for them and protects them. And a wife who usually has to stay at home and nurse the children, bathe the children, teach the children, she is protected from any outside forces that would have cost her right. from having to provide for herself um, because you can't do, especially in biblical times, you cannot do both. So once a government recognizes that there is a God and that he gives specific rights to man, then it becomes a duty of government to secure every individual the practice of those God-given rights. Remember, we're saying every marriage is a little government. Samuel Adams vowed that the government uh, was originally designed for the preservation of inalienable rights. And I would say a marriage was originally designed to preserve your inalienable rights as a human being, as a man and a woman, and as children to create a family. That's why marriage was instituted for right. God to, to bring about a godly seed. But you can't do that without protection. Yes. Yeah. Or, or it says, um, it goes on to say, James Wilson said that the principal object of government was to acquire a new security for the enjoyment or acquisition of rights, which were previously entitled by the immediate gift of our all wise and all beneficent creator. Thomas Jefferson affirmed that government is to declare and enforce only what our natural rights duties and take none of them from us. Uh, the laws of God are only to be uh, violated, but with his wrath. So in a marriage, if you violate the laws of nature and the nature- You are invoking God's wrath. You are invoking God's wrath. Number four, there is a fixed moral law in a marriage. You know, there we have a lot of people who are in marriages and there's a lot of perversion in the marriage. There, uh, you know, what does God say about abortion, things like that. There's a moral law. So to assume among the powers of the earth, this is from the Declaration of Independence, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A marriage must assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station of the rights that a man and a woman have under the laws of nature and nature's God. So um, most people in the founding era got... Um, a lot of their ideas from William Blackstone's commentaries on the laws of England. This phrase recognizes that God himself has given moral laws and that they are visible not only in what he has created, but he has also given a second revelation of those moral laws through the written word. So the whole world can see the laws of nature. Yeah. And then he has revealed to us the laws of nature through his word. So there's two ways that God reveals himself through the laws of nature. Nature is God, which you can easily see. Uh, Romans 1 26 says uh, that the women even less left the natural use of a man. Yeah. Talking about lesbianism. Being Meaning so it is natural. Uh, it's only it is natural for men and women to be together. Yeah. Men and women. Exactly. Um, for example, abortion is wrong under God's revealed word. It is also wrong under the God's, God's laws of nature. There is no species in nature that kills its young while still in the womb. Uh, and it's true with homosexuality. So recognizing those. Now, Number five, I thought was interesting. Then we'll get to number six and we'll be done. Number five is the consent of the governed. 
This is really important. Y'all ready? A marriage can only be gotten into by the consent of two people. So if you were coerced, if you were forced, manipulated, manipulated, lied to, seduced. I know some people who almost got married, but one person was holding a very big lie that they were in a cult. Uh, wait a minute. You lied. That's not a marriage. I didn't give you, I didn't consent to that. Yeah. You kept that from me, you li that you lied. You lied. That's not a marriage anymore. If I'm going to answer. I didn't consent. I didn't consent to be with somebody who's in a yeah. cult. Yeah. I didn't consent to that. Right. Okay, God, what do I do? Is this a marriage? Do I need, can I walk? Well, and then you can pray this through, but you need to know that you have, you can walk away because you didn't consent. You did not consent to that, that lie. Right. You know, you have to come. Governments are instituted among men, deriving just powers from the consent of the governed. Which goes back to, well, we really won't, don't want to get into this because I want this video to be able to go to the far reaches, but maybe something happened within the past few years and things were given to people and they were not given their proper consent. consent. Yeah, you need to have They it. were not given informed. There is, there is a medical term, the such as informed. you have a right to informed consent, to know exactly what's in any procedure or in any medication. Where's it going to go there? Well, you, it's, a, it's a medical Where's term. You have a right to medical uh, consent. It's amazing that we can't talk about this stuff on platforms. So the consent of the government is also historically known as a social compact theory. And I would say a marriage is a compact. Yes. Okay. Under which citizens surrender some of their individual autonomy. When you're married, you do give up some of yourself, your individual autonomy. You have to give up some of it to get, enter into a marriage in order to create a stable and civilized society. I'm no longer myself. You're no longer yourself. We are now one and we have to give and we have to give and take, yeah. right? Um, social compact laws or those resulting from the consent of the governed are those that fall below the level of the moral law. Okay. The moral law is God's declaration of what is absolutely right and wrong. But the social compact law is merely society's agreement upon what is relatively right and wrong and involves things such as speed limits, municipal ordinances, parking regulations, etc. So I want to pause right there before we get to number six, because I want to address some of the comments that actually go right and go with that. Okay. So Rob poses a question that since I got this word today, I've been mewling on. Okay. Um, and I, and the Lord has given me the answer. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you asked so that we could address this. Rob says, so if you're going back to Eden, does that mean that as soon as you have sex with someone or are entering either a man, or excuse me, as soon as you have sex with someone, you are entering into either a man made or natural marriage? I would say no. And here's why. I, historically, prior to today, I would have said yes. But we see that in the Old Testament, if a man lies with a woman outside of marriage, He's they're, supposed they're to not married. marry her. He's supposed to do the honorable thing and then marry the her, woman. The, marry the unmarried woman, because the marriage is what Leah just described as the governmental form of protection, right? And so when God brought Adam and Eve together, I believe not only did he bring them as one, but he, God performed that marriage, right? That was a That's divine, social, I have, social given you this woman as your I have given you this and woman. And he consented to take her. And he consented to take her. That was a consensual This was, and, thing. It, and it was a commitment. Yes. For they life. have made the commitment. However, I will say this. Marriage is a commitment to someone. Marriage isn't an, a, a sexual act. I will say this. And God did reveal this to me. When you lie with someone. There is an eternal soul tie 
that can only be broken through spiritual deliverance but it is not the same thing as a marriage you become one with that person in an unnatural way which is why god says well now that you've done this now that you have gone halfway in an unnatural way I, this has to be righted which is then why you would then marry that person but it, it, that's why it is so unnatural to sleep with someone it's an abomination and it hurts god's heart because you are becoming one in the flesh but nothing happens and in and part in your spirit but nothing happens either it's not recognized by heaven there's no marriage there's nothing so you've now here's the here's the cool thing this is god is speaking to this to me right now rob allen as i'm speaking okay so this is something that i didn't know prior to me saying this when you sleep with someone outside of marriage you give to that person but do not receive so you've lost something yeah when you sleep with someone within marriage especially a natural marriage and especially a divine marriage you give and receive something and it is healthy and it is whole so when god sees this incompletion where all you have done is give and then been taken from mm -hmm. okay you're giving out from yourself then you don't get the rest now you're missing something you are in a depleted state which is why god hates it so then god says you know what now you just need to get married right to fill that depleted state so matthew 19 says um have you not read he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and he said therefore a man will leave his father and mother and hold fast or cleave to his wife and the two shall be one they are no longer two but one what god has joined together let no man separate so what michelle is talking about what god has joined together right and don't let man separate yeah because god is not going to oh come on i got the fire of the holy ghost on me right now y'all ready for this god is not going to separate what he brought together right the only time that that happened and the only time that that happened was when god wrote a bill of divorcement yeah. to israel that's the only time where God joined something together and then God separated it. So when it says what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Only man can try to sever it, but God will never sever what he put and together. That, so that goes back to the government. That goes back to if we can think about marriage in, 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 the, in the realm of government. So um, mom says, Patriot Gallery says, a man asks a woman to carry his children. That is the marriage proposal. And I like that. I never considered that. There is something to, if you sleep with someone... And the girl gets pregnant that man is not only forcing himself physically on her in that moment but then forcing her to carry his child possibly without asking her to do so, so there's there's a reason why we have things called wedding vows there's a reason why this is Step simple this is simple camera, common yeah. sense right this is simple common sense it's not that we don't have to make it all high and like we don't have to like search and find it. all these crazy whatever and almost every culture has a wedding ceremony. Yeah. That's like almost every culture has a, um, like a Noah flood story. Yeah. Because the law of nature says that there has to be a, a covenant, covenant, a covenant in the grouping of the, the tribe right? and witnesses that you are going to remain together forever. Yeah. That you are committing. And this is, it's a, it's a commitment and there, 
every single and, and some of them are you know worldly or pagan or whatever right but it's it's very interesting to note that most not all cultures but almost all cultures whether it's eskimos or aztec indians never heard of never had the gospel they had a, they had marriage because it's nature's law and they had which god ordained nature's a law, social compact and and what else do they have michelle that makes a difference government yeah somebody is in charge there and there's somebody in charge now you don't get a the founding fathers got a new idea we get to consent to the people who lead us we don't have a king up until the founding fathers there were only kings right only people who took and governed right okay in marriage you don't get to take and force somebody to live with you for the rest of your life right that's not a consentful thing so let's go to number let's go to number let me six. read mom's okay. comment real quick it is a real miracle with the power of god present binded uh, that, that binds the two into one it is a holy marriage made by God, made by the gospel of Jesus Christ, real power that turns someone into a Christian. The Holy Spirit turns people into a body called marriage. You will be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually changed into another state of being. The people would be broken uh, when broken apart. Yeah. The people would be broken uh, apart. And Amy says, any young person hearing your message today is blessed and can have hope. Amen. All right. Number six. This is the last one. Here we go. Alter, abolish, or create a new government. That whenever any form of government or marriage becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and institute a new government. Because good government is to safeguard the previous five tenets. Because oh, good marriage is to safeguard society, to create good children, good people. Okay. If it fails to do so, it, then the people, a person, a husband or wife, have a right to modify their marriage. So that it will secure the other five elements okay and if necessary the people can evenly even completely re replace their government or i'd say their their marriage james addison madison says that the people have an indelible unalienable and indefensible right to reform or change their government whenever be found adverse or inadequate to the purposes of its institution um, Sam Adams affirmed the people alone have an incontestable, inalienable, and indefensible right to institute government, and I'm going to say marriage, and to reform, alter, or totally change the same when their protection, their safety, their prosperity, and happiness require it. And fed the federal constitution, according to the mode prescribed therein, has already undergone such amendments. Now, in your marriage, you just marry, you don't get to make amendments, sorry, but you should be able to. Our founding fathers had a new idea of self-government. Because they saw in, the, in, in that word of God, the laws of nature, nature's God. Where did they get the idea that slaves could rebel against their masters when Paul says slaves should submit to their masters? Because they also read that no, no person can own another person. They also read that men shouldn't be men stealers. They also read that every single person must first be subject to God and we are not to be subjected to the whims of someone else. Somebody can't just go and grab you and make you their servant or make you their slave. Okay? Just as if the same thing in marriage. You can't, you are not forced to stay with somebody that is making you a servant or making you a slave or taking away your inalienable rights. Right. And so those of you who have been divorced, those of you who are in a, in a marriage with a tyrant, you have the biblical freedom to throw off a tyrannical marriage Come on. just like our founding fathers had a right to throw off a tyrannical government 
Now, how do I know whether I'm just supposed to work something out if they said mean things to me? Yeah, I think that here's the deal. I think within all of us, again, you're talking about nature, hi, nature and nature's law. You know, you have to pray into it, but you will know. God will well, reveal the first, to your you. first question is, is this a divine marriage? That's right. If it's a divine marriage, then you will be called to pray it out. There's no getting away from a divine yeah, marriage. Right. You right? have to. Yeah, exactly. Now, if it's just a natural marriage. You know why, you know why I say that? Why? There's no getting away from our Constitution Declaration of Independence. Can't get rid of them. It was breathed forth by God. Yeah. We are not ever going to throw that off. Right. It may change a little bit. We may amend it a little bit. Right. But that, but we are America. Yes. And we were founded on the principles of Jesus Christ. The good news is there's not a lot of divine marriages, so don't worry about it. Many of you aren't in, most of you aren't in one. If you're in a divine marriage, you're in with somebody who loves and truly has purposefully given themselves over to Jesus. And that, and your intent and goal is the advancement of the kingdom of God. And your advancement is, is the kingdom of God. Right. But here's the thing. If that person were to leave or you needed to leave, they, somebody left Christ yeah. and is no longer a believer. Right. And then you are not constrained in such case. But, and here's the thing though, like the word that God gave me in these divine marriages, if there is a divorce and someone gets in their flesh, the goal of the body of Christ and that in the kingdom of heaven is always going to be reconciliation unless that person completely leaves Christ altogether. And that can happen. And that can happen. But these are those are rare instances and people and that's like with abortion what about you know rape or incest or things right. like that right then those take those would take getting underneath of somebody to help you pray that through and figure those those things out but by and large what what god gave me this and i wasn't going to give it today and until i talked to leah about it and she's like michelle i got the other half of this word we have to give this and i'm like okay all right let's do it when it comes to marriage and divorce and all of the ins and outs of all of that your number one thing, how do I know? You have to get in the spirit. So uh, in the Revelation Red Pill and the Kingdom Roundtable the past few weeks, we have been showing you guys and teaching you guys and taking you into being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, so that you can find divine answers for these specific problems. So now that you have the categories that God has gave me today. I was the wildest word ever. It was not seeking this. You've got the categories. Your part is going to be getting in the Holy Spirit to find out. And I was not doing some sort of pyramid thing. Sometimes you just do things with your hands. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, she did the pyramid thing. Whatever. Your job is going to be to find out where you and your marriage and your life and your relationship with God fall into those. Leah and I cannot put you where you should go. And, and, and take yourself up to the next level, wherever that may be. Right and go with God. And Tracy says, and the sin of rape doesn't make the sin of abortion acceptable. Right. 100%. Exactly. So I hope that you guys have been as um, excited about this word as Leah and I were to give it. If you showed up on the latter half of this, it is required reading to go to the beginning. There's a piece that nobody really knows about because we live in this society where people use counterfeit money. Yeah. But I've always known this piece. Hang on, Patrick Gallery's talking. I'm just saying, it's in, it's in a comment, a piece of past understanding that men and women don't fight each other. They don't get angry. They don't abuse each other. Like when our great-great-grandpa, they didn't have that problem of anger. You said in they a... used real money. In a country where people are using gold and silver, men and women have Christ's peace in their souls, guarding their souls because they are sinless. Anger comes from sin. 
a lie of counterfeit, counterfeited money. You know, it's interesting. People think that we're crazy when we kind of point things back to the paper dollar and the fiat currency and all that. You know, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil, right? So when Patriot Gallery is constantly pointing, pointing all of our sins back to that, the, the reason why is because this counterfeit dollar that we are using is the, it is the pure embodiment of the love of money. Because every single paper dollar that's printed is counterfeit and it's come from lust and perversion and, so, and, and quite frankly, witchcraft. Every day that we have to use them, we have to enter into this sin that we don't agree with. We, we're only happy to discuss these things about marriage and stuff uh, now because of the paper dollar. Women have had to leave the home. Men don't know what their role is. And we're trying literally to fix up all these people on the battlefield when we really just need the battle to stop. Right. So this message, um, I believe, was perfectly understood understood uh, by anybody who had a divine revelation of Christ. But when you're using the paper dollar, and why is that important? Because it's not just using the paper dollar. It's the system. We're in a system. If I were to say to you, we're in the Federal Reserve system, like it's the communist system or a Babylonian system. So we're in a Babylonian system. We're in the, our money system is a Babylonian system. It is a, it's not even a money system. The money is the system. So if we, that in, in future years, people will call it something like communism or socialism, um, this American westernized federal reserve ism that sees bankers as basically running the, the world, right? So Beverly says, but there wasn't paper money when God made that statement. Well, here's the thing. You missed what I said. Paper money is the pure embodiment of the love of money. Because the only reason that paper money was created was because greedy people loved money so much that they decided, that they to, decided counterfeit. to counterfeit it it's and corrupt the money, whole it's system. Exactly. Totally it's not paper money, money. It's counterfeit money. And there has always been counterfeit money. So if money. we're living any system that is um, fraudulent, right, is going to produce all if kinds of horrible things. We're literally, so if you think of ourselves, communism is always going to produce bad results. Right. Because it's a system. Yes. And since 1913, we were taken off of God's system. The Constitution, what I just talked about, only allows for gold and silver because it keeps the evil at it keeps the evil in check not at bay but at check and evil bankers decided that they didn't want to keep their evil in check and so why do you have the esg why do you have the diversity equity inclusion why do you have chick-fil-a doing diversity equity inclusion why do you have bud light doing what they're doing why do you have target doing what they're doing all of these people i just watched the video today did you know target disney and um I think it was Bud Light, one of the other, the th three of the top, North Face. They all are owned by investment companies. The top two companies, or the top, out of two, two out of the top ten that own them all, Disney, Vanguard, and BlackRock. The bankers, the people who own the money, the people who say, you're going to have to do this, or you're not. Every single company operates on credit. Okay. They operate on the, the, the basically, it's a system that our eyes are completely blind to, but all we see are the problems. Right. And so my mom will come in and be like, hey guys, 
I know that you're fighting Hydra or whatever, some sort of craziness, and they have all these tentacles. And you are so focused on the tentacles that if we cut off the head, there's no more tentacles. And you're like, but we have to. Why? But here, you know why they don't want to cut off the head? Because, because we, they uh, suck life from it. We we all do. We so all suck life from, from the corrupt, the corrupt reason, Babylonian system. The only reason we're doing so this we're video. So we're afraid that if we cut off the head, then we will suffer. So I know a it. young lady who's going to go to all the way to another You're state. Like way off camera. To, to another state to go uh, do one of those um, tech STEM um, jobs. Uh, STEM. Science, technology, math. Engineering. engineering, engineering uh, STEM. I'm looking for degrees. Degrees is what I'm looking for. She is so far Tech away. Tech engineering in California. We got it. I was trying not to be specific. Um, we are so far off from God's ways because of the counterfeit money that this young lady doesn't know at all how to seek God for a marriage. She can't. And so many young people, young men and women, are floating in the ether. Just... Where do I go? What do I do? How do I find a spouse? 50% of marriages over that end of divorce. There's divorce in the church. Why? Is it just because marriage is so hard? No. Is it just because people are so bad? No. In, in communist China, I just read this, women were told over and over constantly that they were as strong and as good and equal to men. So you see all these kind of butch women? Very strong because they felt empowered by it. We are equal to men, we are strong as men. They would have women fighting men, they'd have women in, and they completely gender neutralized the country. And then you wonder why you don't have strong marriages. Okay, communism was the problem, not, hey, let's go in and help these marriages right. in communist China. Let's go in and help these marriages one by one. It's a system. Right. You can't, you can't, we can try to help individual marriages one by one. But if you've got a whole society of all these women who are told they're equal to men, okay, and can do everything that a man can do, then you're not going to have good, strong marriages. There's not gonna, they're not going to, they're not going to stick because you're taught something completely against the laws of nature, nature's God. Whereas, and it only starts in 1913 in America. Yeah. You know, our founding fathers had great, strong marriages to the point where Thomas Jefferson, dude, just kind of died basically when his wife died yeah because they had marriages that went into the soul mm -hmm. okay um and john adams and his wife abigail he had a marriage that went into the soul george yes. washington and his wife had a marriage that went into the soul right they had divine marriages right and they had it because they were getting out from under tyranny right you know how hard it is to have a marriage when you're under tyranny you know, constant separate. What? Go ahead. No, it's okay. Finish. Finish. Like no, I'm going to read a comment and then we Go have ahead. to sign off. Go ahead. Okay. So Beverly and Beverly is one of our best viewers. She's here all the time. So I'm really glad that you're leaving this comment. It's not really for this video because unfortunately, whenever the subject of gold and silver gets entered into it, and it always does, it's like we have to start all over from square one because, because a lot of people aren't getting it and i get that so i hate that this is having to be in this video because i want it to just be able to be shared as its thing but i also believe that your comment is valid and worth addressing so i'm going to read it and we'll address it so are, are you saying that we need to quit going to the store and using paper money to buy our groceries and that we should only use silver or gold or are you saying that we need to somehow change the government's use of money we need to do both 
and we can do it the best that we can. And it will happen in an instant. If you've been watching, come back on camera. If you've been watching the Revelation Red Pill series, we have shown you guys how we are taking dominion. Our constitution was started and our, our, our government was started making gold and silver the only form of money. So when you act like going back to that is completely wild and insane, I'm like, so going back to the constitution is wild and insane and impossible? It's not wild, insane, and impossible, and we must do it. If we can tell the AOCs of this world, you must obey the Constitution in all these other areas, then we can tell the world and America, you must obey the Constitution. It says, you can, the Congress can only coin gold and silver. Paper money is literally unconstitutional. I mean, this is not my opinion. It is straight up unconstitutional, okay? It is unconstitutional. So yes, we have to go back. And three states already have signed into law making gold and silver recognizable as money. Here's why that is important. And again, I hate to have to keep doing this in every show, guys, but I, I get that there are people that it's you, you need it eight, ten times to get it, and that's all right. It's a, It does seem very strange. A silver dollar right now says one dollar on Can, it. Let me just read Diane Webster. This is your answer, Beverly. Just listen. If we understand by currency legal money for the country and that which constitutes lawful legal tender of debts and is the statute measure of value, then undoubtedly nothing is included but gold and silver. Most unquestionably, there is no legal tender and there can be no legal tender in this country. Can be no legal tender Under in this the country. authority of this government or any other but gold and silver, either the coinage of our mints or foreign coins regulated by Congress. This is a constitutional principle, perfectly plain and of the very highest importance the states are expressly prohibited from making anything but gold and silver as payment of debts, and although no express prohibition is applied to Congress, yet as Congress has no power granted to it in this respect but to coin money to regulate the value of foreign coins, it clearly has no authority to substitute paper or anything other than gold and silver as a tender in payments in discharge of contracts. The legal tender, therefore, the constitutional standard of value is established and cannot, cannot be overthrown. Now listen to this. Daniel Webster, 1832. To overthrow it would shake the whole system. And that's, so, that's, that's what's happened. Marriage they is one of the systems. Shook the whole Education system. is one of the systems. All these things. And so what you do is you write your mind. Yes. You align yourself up with the will of God. And you say, God, help me to not take part in the communist, socialist, fiat, Federal Reserve system. Let me ask you this question, Beverly. If you and I were to make a transaction and we had, we had, we both had gold and silver. Okay. And you had something that I wanted. You would, I know you, I don't know you that well, but I feel like I know you because you've been in our, our resistance chicks family for a while. I feel like you would accept my gold and silver. You would not have a problem with that, right? You would not. But in Ohio, it's illegal for me to pay you in gold and silver, which it's not really illegal. According to man's laws, it's illegal. According to so, constitution, it's legal. So we have to get back to every state making gold and silver legal tender again. We just need to repent of it. Do you know, we all, we all do Second Chronicles. If my people who, who are, are called, called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and what? Turn from their wicked ways. All you have to do, Beverly, is this. Okay, just turn. You know why? Roger Sherman. It, if what is used as a medium of exchange is fluctuating in its value, 
It is no better than unjust weights and measures, which are condemned in the by Bible. the laws of God and the laws of man. God hates unjust weights and balances. So he hates that we have to cheat one another. So all we have to do is repent of it. And if we had a national, I am telling you by the spirit of God, go tell all your friends, go tell all your family, go, go tell, tell all, all your, your children. We have never had a national day <laughs> of repentance for the fiat dollar. And if and when we have a national day of repentance for the fiat dollar, our country will be saved. And you mark that down and say, Leah Faye Simpson said this by the word of God Boom. on June 3rd, 2023. Because when we repent of that fiat dollar, your marriages will be restored. Your kids will be saved. Your kids will be off uh, of porn. Your, everything will stop that's evil and bad. I guarantee it to you by the spirit of the living God receive that word that's really good if we and and we can start it right now together today right here right now if you if, it'll heal marriages it'll heal children it'll heal families it'll heal churches it'll heal society what does china need china needs a national oh, repentance on. for communism and when china has a national repentance for communism their whole nation will be saved they will have rain they will have good soil they will have healthy marriages they will have healthy families they will have everything that they need when they turn to the living god it is a duty of, of all nations to acknowledge the almighty god mm -hmm. and when you do against the principles of almighty god you will suffer his wrath so we suffer the sex trafficking we suffer the the gender things and we suffer the kids being suffered your children are suffering because of one one thing right now because we have repented and turned from all but one because that one makes us so uncomfortable and afraid we say God we will do all but that Wow we will go this far God but we will go no farther this is a divine And so I have right gotten now. on my knees and I have said, God, Come on. I believe that when the rain comes down, it comes from you. I believe that every bread that I, piece of bread I put in my mouth comes from you. I believe that when I put clothes on my body, it comes Come from on. you. And so I shall not be dependent upon the fraudulent system hmm. of on. counterfeit dollars because Jesus said, take no thought. What? Take no thought of what you shall eat or what you shall drink or your body of what you shall put on because these things are what the Gentiles think of but take but put your mind on the things of Christ Amen. put your mind on the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added unto you and we have gone this far and we say God I can go this far but I can't do without the payout dollars I don't know how to do without banking and he says then you are not reliant upon me. You still are worshiping Baal. You are, we, are, we still have a one giant principle of God, which is just weights and balances, that we have decided we will mock God over. Let me tell you, let me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this word with this. I'll, this will set you guys free. Did you know that you do not have to have the solution to a sin or a problem in order to repent of it? If you get saved, especially and, a national one, and God's, but even on, on a personal level, but especially, let's say you're yeah. living with someone outside of marriage. If I repent and I, what am I going to do? I don't have a solution for that. A lot of times 
the solution will not come until you have the repentance. So, so many people are like, but I can't repent from using fiat dollars because I have to use them. No. You say, God, I don't know how we're going to fix this. But I repent of the, that's where this is the position that Leah and I are at, although we do have a solution on a national scale. The, the, you get to the repentance part first, and then the solution here's will the thing. come. If you're in communist China, if you're in communist Russia, you're not repenting because you're in the nation. So if I have to use these fiat dollars, I'm not repenting because I have to use these fiat dollars. I'm in this world. I am repenting and a national repentance of being a part of it. If I leave the communist system, if I leave the Nazis and I stop enforcing them, I stop wanting to be part of it. It's a mental thing. It's in your heart and is your spirit. And this is what, this is how you know you've repented. God, tomorrow there were no fiat dollars. You and me, we were okay. I'm done. Yeah. That's how you repent. Okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. Show and me what not only do. ready, but desirous. I'm desirous to see it. God, you and all, to see how it. do you repent? You just say, okay, God, bring us back to constitutional money. I'm ready to give away anything that I got that was wrong, that I got wrongfully. That's all you have to do. Anything that I got, Jesus, that, that was on the backs of slaves in China, anything that I, and this, and it's so simple because we see it with other people. So like, you got these giant plantations in the South and we're all like, y'all need to give up your plantations to all your slaves because you got that wrongfully. Okay. Well, we have a ton of stuff that was gotten wrongfully. But we, Chinese slavery. But here's the thing. You know what? We don't know. A lot of the stuff we don't know. We don't see it. We don't see it. But neither did a lot of the people in America. They couldn't, they didn't see the plantation. Once people actually saw slavery, like you, you see these stories historically, I saw a slave auctioned off and then I wrote Uncle Tom's And you start to speak out against it. So what did they do in the North? Like my favorites, um, uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote Uncle Tom's, Tom's Cabin and her brother, um, Beecher Stowe, he, um, he preached against slavery right so as he's preaching against slavery he can't stop it right how can he well there's stuff coming through the north and i don't know what might have been from slaves this qualifies or whatever. under like you know food sacrifice to idols do you know do like you i don't know? know but what i do know is that as a nation we have to speak out so all you have to do to repent is start saying gold and silver is constitutional money god fix it make it right and let me tell you one last thing and then we really are going to go you can preach about things that you are unable to change in that moment and it does not make you a hypocrite no it how did they change slavery it actually makes you a hypocrite not to speak out about it when you know that it's wrong how did they change slavery michelle by speaking out about it could they change it no not really but they they they, they, they had to preach speak it. about it everyone preach it and it will change why does it feel like leah and michelle are the only people preaching against counterfeit money and it should be, it should be like an age old natural law that counterfeiting money is wrong. It's like abortion. It's simply a sin. It's like homosexuality or sleeping outside of marriage. Why is it we're the only one saying it? Exactly. We're not. There's a lot of Lynette Zhang, I team training. All right. Speaking of them, you can go 1-866-950-7776. We were not going to do that, but that's one way you can repent. This video right here is going to set people free about marriage about whether you're like Leah and I, and you're waiting for that divine marriage, whether you're in a man-made marriage, you're not sure what to do with that, whether you're in a natural marriage, or whether you're in a divine marriage, and A, you don't know the power that you have when you're in one, because oh my gosh, it's so much power you need to know. 
or B, your spouse, maybe you were in a divine marriage and your spouse has gone away and God's telling you to believe for that person. God's making more divine marriages and as he makes more divine marriages, we'll take down the system. Exactly. And I would, I would encourage a lot of you that felt like you had a divine marriage to recognize that you probably just had a natural marriage and that's okay. And that, and God's not calling you to reconcile back to that person. Okay. And that's one thing that only you can know, but just know, like, no, I felt like we were one. We were that, it was so amazing that only God could have put it together. Actually, God created amazing people. And it's really cool how we could join together in the natural. And it's really, really neat, but it doesn't make it divine. It just means that it, it was a really good fit for a time. And so don't be thinking like, uh, you know, I, I think Don in the chat said, I love my husband, but we didn't have a divine marriage, right? Don't be thinking like, well, I got a divorce and I felt like my marriage was divine. Does that mean God wants me to be reconciled back to that person? I would say first find out if your marriage really was divine because it may not have been. And maybe you have a divine marriage and you're feeling like, I need to get a divorce. I need to get a divorce. And God's like, no, no, no. You got to hold on to this one because I ordained this one. I arranged it. You entered into an agreement and your spouse entered into an agreement. And we're not. And, and even if you get divorced in the flesh, you're still married before me. So then what are you going to do? Right? So take a lot of this stuff to heart. Go back and watch it back and share it with anybody that you feel would benefit from this word. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's the truth, we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Victoria says, yep. And just because you were married in church doesn't make it God ordained. 100%. 100, 100%. Dig into this. Send me your emails. What you think if God's giving you more words on the word that we gave you guys today. All right. Bye, guys. God bless. And as mamas, we must protect our kids. Well said, Don.